What's up, guys? Tanner Dimling here with y'all. As always, welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. First one I've done in about a week. Um, been a lot of lacrosse news hitting the fan in the past week or so. Um, obviously, on Tuesday, we had the uh, Monday, we had the MLL draft. Um, had numerous players. Um, announce their returns or um, where they are transferring um, in terms of grad transfers and things of that nature. Um, so let's get into all of that here. Um, the first thing I do want to touch on is the PLL season uh, being canceled, the regular season, and they will have a 20-game, um, essentially a 20-game tournament Um hosted at a unknown location or to-be-determined location. Um, I've heard reports that it could be IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida, uh, which is where the league held training camp last season. Uh, so that would be a uh, prime location there. Um, it's going to be a quarantined thing. Um, I'm going to get more into that. Um, next week on the podcast after the PLL draft, uh, which is happening next Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, next Wednesday is the PLL draft. So I'll get into the whole schedule and everything like that um, after the draft, after we know a bit more about you know the, the, the guys coming in the PLL this year. Um, and, and, and I'll get into, you know, how this affects some of the rookies and, and, and all of that. Um, so I'll get into that next week on next week's pod. Um, but the MLL did hold their draft this week. Uh, T.D. Irwin was taken number one. Obviously, we know he's going back to school now. Um, multiple other guys that were taken are going back to school. Um, and we'll get into that here. Um, if you want to check out some of the MLL draft content, lacrossebucket.com. Uh, the place to go, I have draft grades, uh, team grades up, and also a breakdown of draft picks post school and per conference up on the site. Um, but kind of the big news coming out of the draft um, was the guys that aren't going to be playing pro lacrosse that we know of right now. Uh, so we know TD Irwin is going back to Yale and, um, no, that's that. That's a big, big piece of news there. Um, and here's the reason why he was able to. So you heard the Ivy League say they're not going to allow guys uh, fifth year, which they never have. But T. Irwin is going to be able to get that because he transferred in. So he only has two years at Yale. Fall, fall, spring, and spring. That's four semesters. The Ivy League has a, I believe it's an eight-semester limit on how long guys can play. Yeah, eight-semester limit. So he has not reached that, and he's still an undergrad. He has one semester left, I believe. So he will be back at Yale next spring. Um, obviously holds, you know, should you know push his name even further into the record book um, at the face-off position. One of the best of all time there. 
so that's big news for Yale. Um, and then some other news that, you know, that's a good segue point here from Yale going out west to Denver, where the Pioneers have landed two Yale grad transfers and Jackson Morrill and Lucas Kotler. Um, Jackson Morrill, All-American attackman, Lucas Kotler being a midfielder. I believe he did play a bit of attack um, his first two years at Yale. Both have been instrumental in that Yale offense. Uh, Jackson Morrill is the second leading uh, scorer in program history um, with 220 points. I believe Ben Reeves is number one. That would be Morrill and then John Reese. Um, I believe would be that third guy, um, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the Yale record book up here in front of me. Um, but obviously him going out west to Denver, uh, big news there, big pickup for Bill Tierney. And then you know, the next day, um, so I believe that was announced on Tuesday. And then Wednesday it was announced that his teammate, Lucas Kotler, is also heading out to Denver to join Bill Tierney and the Pioneers. Um, so both guys heading west for their fifth and final year of college lacrosse. And, you know, my, my first reaction to this was, man, Denver Denver is going to be the best team in the, offensively speaking, Denver is going to be the best team in the Big in the Big East next year. And then I remembered, well, you know, Georgetown, the Hoyas, Kevin Warren, they bring back a ton of talent. Jake Carraway's coming back. A bunch of young guys that really stepped up this year. Writing an article right now, a piece going through some of the best positional units. Statistically speaking, in terms of goals allowed, uh, the Hoyas allowed the least goals per game of any team in the country. That is some young guys contributing on that defense. Owen McElroy was just a sophomore or junior, um, if I'm not mistaken. So he's back in goal. Georgetown's going to be good. Denver, their, their offense just went from good. Oh, I, I would say their offense was going to be great next year anyway with some of that young young talent that really shined this season. You got like Jack Hanna, who was a junior. Um, Alex Simmons was just a sophomore. And you have some other guys. Uh, J.J. Siltrop, um, Silstrope, I believe is how you pronounce that. Uh, was a freshman. He had 10 goals. A very reliable shooter um, for them this season. So um, Denver has a lot of talent there. Um, and we know how much it's been Denver and Georgetown the past few years in the Big East. I mean, that that looks like what it's going to be again next year in 2021. And, you know, I, I, I'm excited for some of those battles uh, between the Hoyas and the Pioneers. Um, going to be a fun, fun year out west and a, a fun year in the Big East, uh, certainly offensively speaking. Um, I've really looked at the, you know, what Denver has coming back um, on defense. I do know there are some rumblings that Ethan Walker could be coming back. 
Um, so, you know, you have an attack with Jackson Morrill, Ethan Walker, and then Silstrope on there. Um, I know they do bring in some really talented freshmen um, as well. So, you know, Denver and, 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 and the Pioneers are looking strong for next season offensively, especially. Um, and, you know, it looks like offensive coordinator Matt Brown is going to have uh, some some good weapons to uh, to mess around and uh, have some fun with next season on that offense. And, and you know, when you look at the way they play, um, you know, I think Jackson Morrill, who, you know, he's been more of a, I wouldn't say he's, he's not like, you. when I think of Jackson Morrill, I don't really think of a traditional ex-attackman um, in the sense of like a Michael Sowers or a Glenn Ament. Uh, but he, he he is of that ilk. He, he's a very good passer. Um, but I think when you look at kind of some of the best attackmen this year, you also look at Ament and you look at Sowers, who will be at Duke next year, which is another offense that's just going to be stacked. And I've talked about that uh, in the past. I think Jackson Morrill was probably, and I think you could even argue a little bit sneakily, um, that that third best attackman in the country. Um, now I feel like a lot of people didn't give him the credit he deserved there at Yale. Um, you know, and, and that Yale attack was was uh, just outstanding this year. You know, the best attack unit production-wise in the country he had Matt Gaudet, um, who Moore was feeding to, and so you know, and and again, and Ethan Walker, he's. I wouldn't say he's Matt Gaudet ish, but he's a big time shooter, just like Matt Gaudet. Uh, he's Canadian. Uh, he's more of an outside shooter than Gaudet. Gaudet could finish inside and stuff like that, but uh, playing with, with you know, Morrill, I, th- I think, could increase his game even more because um, Morrill can uh, certainly put it on the money um, in, in the passing game. So we'll see how that all works out. And, hey, if Ethan Walker ends up not coming back, um, this Denver offense is still going to be outstanding next season. Um, and, and, and honestly, I mean, they could be the best offense in, in the Big East. Some other pieces of transfer news that we need to cover in this one is Maryland. Um, the Terrapins pick up Another well, Terrapins has picked up two transfers um, officially now since been on the podcast last. Um, you know, last night they picked up Eric Holden um, out of Hobart, and the Terrapins have also picked up um, oh, what's his name out of Colgate. Um, His name is escaping me right now. Um, but Eric Holden at, at, at attack is going to um, to Maryland. Um, Griffin Brown, that's that's it. Griffin Brown from Colgate is going to Maryland too. So um, the Terrapins, again, I, I say it all the time. Uh, John Tillman is playing chess, 
everybody else is playing checkers. Um, the Terrapins get two big pickups over the past about a week or so um, with Griffin Brown and now with Eric Holden. Um, you know, and they're going to be there for one year. And I think this is a Maryland team that has, they get BJ Burway, so I think it's going to, uh, he adds some depth there at the LSM spot, and I think he'll be able to contribute um, as, as a sophomore. Um, when you look at this attack unit, look at this offense overall for, for, for Maryland. You know, they, they do play more of a positionless type game. Um, you know, Jared Bernhardt, there's some speculation whether he's going to return or not. We don't know that for sure. Um, I've been asked if these two moves signal that Bernhardt's not going to be back. You know, I don't know if that's if, if that's a fair assumption to make at this point, um, that Bernhardt is not going to be back. But it is something that uh, you can certainly speculate on at the moment. Because, um, Bla- look, Brown and Holden are both um, primary Dodgers, or were primary Dodgers, on their teams at Hobart and at Colgate. Um, and, you know, outstanding players uh, for both squads. Uh, Griffin, I believe it was Griffin Brown. Uh, yeah, Griffin Brown. Eric Holden uh, played Syracuse well also. Um, but uh, Griffin Brown, um, you know, they played Syracuse the first game of the season. And he took Nick Mellon to the Like He took Nick Mellon one-on-one maybe better than anyone I've seen over the past couple of years. Now Nick Mellon did end up getting hurt and uh, did not play the rest of the season for Syracuse. And now he's not returning for the Orange in 2021, um, but it's good to note that both, and I believe Holden did play, uh, did draw Nick Mellon, I do want to say last season in their meeting. Um, don't, I'm not a 100% for, sh- for sure on that, but do believe he did draw Mellon um, in 2019 in their meeting. Um, obviously, Mellon didn't play in 2020. So, you know, you do have um, it on record that both teams have, or both guys, I should say, have played um, power uh, conference opponents and have played very well against those opponents. So, you know, getting those guys in this Maryland offense, I think I think their game is going to flourish. I think this Maryland offense is going to flourish. Um, and, you know, I, I've heard some 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 mentions of, you know, you know with Griffin Brown coming in, um, if Bernhardt indeed doesn't come back, they can move Bubba Fairman to attack, which is the spot he played in high school. Um, and so you could have Bubba Fairman, Anthony DeMeo, and uh, Holden on attack. And then you could put Maltz as that second attack. Um, and then obviously you have Kyle Long at the midfield, Jake Smith at the midfield, Roman Pagusi at the midfield. Um, it is a ton of midfield depth here at Maryland. Um, that that produced 
a good bit last season um, in the games they did have. Melon got in six games, could have gotten in seven, but that Navy game was postponed and then obviously canceled. Um, so Eric Holden and Griffin Brown are two humongous additions to this Maryland offense. And, you know, when you look at what Maryland did in 2019, they came up short in the end. And you can talk about how that shot that went off the crossbar and all of that. But, um, you know, when you look at what this team did offensively throughout the year, you know, I think a lot of people looked at the depth and said, okay, there's a lot of depth there, and similar to this year as well. Uh, Maryland, the only loss they had was against Villanova, 13-12. Uh, to 12. <laughs> I believe that one was in overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, you look at, no, that one was in um, regulation against Villanova. So, I think this is a Maryland team that, you know, when you look at some of the top performers, Logan Wisnowskis at the midfield um, was the primary guy this year. He had 36 points. Um, add, add, add Griffin Brown to that midfield. Add, um, you know, just let's say Jared Bernhardt is not coming back. Plug in um, Eric Holden there with Anthony DeMeo and Daniel Maltz, um, that's no, that's a championship roster right there. Uh, Logan Wisnowskis, Griffin Brown, and then put Fairman, keep Fairman at the midfield. Um, and you have Kyle Long there as well, and Owen Pagusi um, can be your secondary guys or however you want. Um, it's it's going to be a, a fun team to watch at Maryland. And I mentioned the positionless style of play that they do have, um, it does seem that both these guys fit very well into that um, into that mold. Um, and then, you know, I mentioned B.J. Bowlace is coming in as well as a transfer at the LSM spot. You, you know, I've heard some people say, you can put him down low um, as a as a close, as a pole, as a close defenseman. Um, they also have Michael Ubriaco, uh there. He did not appear in a game last season. Um, had an outstanding freshman campaign at Villanova. Um, I believe he was, he was injured. I don't know if he took a medical red shirt or not, uh, but he'll be back this season for Maryland. Um, it is going to be a, an interesting team. Um, not mention those two LSMs. I think Maryland, I think one aspect that I think of Maryland is over the past couple years is they haven't really had, well, they, they, they haven't really had an LSM that can take it the distance. Um, you know, and I'm thinking of a Jared Connors type guy. I'm thinking of a Logan Kemp, uh, a guy like that can, that can bring an X factor to an offense um, or, or jumpstart an offense from the back end. Um, they've had guys that can do that. Um, I think but having Burlace, who can obviously do that, we've seen um, his skills with uh, his stick skills. Um, Ubriaco, we've seen 
um, what he can do at Villanova. So if both those guys are healthy and play um, in 2021, um, and I can't know who they have at LSM at the moment, um, but um, you know, it, it should be a fun team to watch um, this season, especially on the offensive end. And as mentioned, if they can get some of those LSMs they have, they've gotten to maybe run the field, which I think both guys have the ability to do. Um, Going to be a fun, uh, fun year, uh, maybe a special year in college park. <clears throat> Some last tidbits here uh, before I do hop off of the pod. Um, no more transfer stuff here um, and guys coming back. So, <clears throat> first off, do want to mention that UMass has six of those seven tr- seniors coming back, uh, such as Jeff Trainer, uh, Billy uh, uh, Philpot, I believe is how you pronounce his name. All those guys are coming back. I um, believe six of, six of those seven seniors are coming back. Um, only one guy is not. So UMass looking to be uh, the class of the CAA once again. Um, and here, here's some of the – this is some of the top offensive guys coming back. So Jeff Trainer, midfielder, he had 20 points last season. Um, Billy Philpot, Philpot. You have Charlie O'Brien. Uh, Charlie O'Brien is the only guy that is not coming back. Uh, Devin Spencer on the attack, who he had a really good couple of years there. Didn't really... Hasn't shown a whole lot over the past two seasons. Um, I'll be interested to see if he can really get himself going again um, on the attack. Um, so those are some of the guys that are coming back um, for the Minutemen in 2021. Uh, so we'll see how they do. They were 5-2, and two, obviously. Uh, had that big win over number one Yale. Um, was the highlight of their season. Um, we also know Connor Coast, Villanova midfielder, is coming back for his fifth and final season in 2021. Um, you know, he's been one of the better midfielders in the country. Maybe a bit underrated, um, to say the least, over the past few seasons there with Villanova. And I mentioned how the Big East is going to be fun to watch next year with, um, Denver and, and, and Georgetown uh, having either getting guys or bringing guys back. Villanova's in a very, very similar boat. Um, you have Keegan Khan coming back as a senior. Connor Coast is coming back as a fifth year. Uh, the midfield, and those are the two top scorers uh, this past season. You have Patrick Daly, uh, sophomore attackman coming back. Matt Campbell, sophomore midfielder. Corey McManus, um, who really shined this year as a junior on the attack for them, all coming back. Colin Crowley uh, was another double-digit point scorer for them last season. Um, Villanova looking like a team to be reckoned with again 
in 2021. Um, I don't exactly know what those schedule looks like, but uh, you know, they, the past few years they've had Penn State, Yale to start the season, and you know they've really honed in on on playing some tough competition. Uh, mentioned they beat Maryland last year. Um, they beat Delaware 19 to 10. Uh, they beat Penn 12 to 10. The only loss was against Drexel 15 to 12. That was the last game they played of the season. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting team. Um, you know they do lose um, some bit at the defensive midfield, if I'm not mistaken. But Chet Camizo back, Stevie Jones back, and you know, the defensive midfield has been one of the best over the past couple seasons. So this is going to be a very exciting team. Uh, Will Vitton was the starting goaltender again as a sophomore last season. So Villanova, um, a team that definitely uh, you need to keep your eye on in 2021, especially with Connor Coast coming back. Some other transfer news. Uh, Utah... Potai Zanders, Utah um, sophomore defenseman Nick Hapney is in the transfer portal. Um, we also know of a couple other guys in the transfer portal that have either withdrawn or have um, taken their names out is probably a better term, not withdrawn, um, or made other decisions. So Kevin Kodis, um he is not coming back. He was in the transfer portal. Um, attackman slash midfielder out of Holy Cross. Um, he was taken by the Bayhawks in the MLL draft. Uh, we know Matt Hubler of Johns Hopkins is, has withdrawn his name from the portal. Um, well, he is withdrawn from school, I believe. Uh, per Ty Zanders again on that one. And then LSM defenseman Jack Cook has taken his name out of the transfer portal. And then Maryland goalie Drew Morris, uh, 2017 Under Armour All-American, is returning to Maryland, has taken his name out of the transfer portal. And that is it for this week's um podcast um might come back on over the weekend maybe before the um before the PLL draft maybe give a little um insight on that prior to it um but that is all we got for today obviously no lacrosse going on um it's a bit different this time of year um you know, the workhouse is starting back up soon, though. In July is when we should start seeing lacrosse being played. Um, I'm not sure about some of the summer box leagues up in up in Canada. Hopefully, Senior A, Junior A at least can be playing this summer, but uh, we'll see how things go there. Obviously, PLL and MLL both looking to play this summer. MLL, I believe, is heading towards a early July start date. Um, I've also heard they could be doing something not the same thing as the PLL, but going in a similar direction there. So we'll see how everything shakes out there in the MLL. 
Again, the PLL draft is on Wednesday. Be back next week with some insight on that. And uh, any more news on the transfer portal front. And obviously, if, if we do have anything about the MLL, NLL um, starting back up again, we'll, or starting, um, I should say, with the MLL, uh, we'll obviously have that. As always, stay tuned to lacrossebucket.com. I got some interesting stuff coming on the site in the next couple days um, and early next week as well. So uh, stay tuned to that as always, lacrossebucket.com. Social media, you know, lacrossebucket on all of the social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.